0: to life is a co-production of ave maria radio and ewtn radio and carried across the ewtn global catholic radio network
1: today on more to life losing it is anger a problem for you or someone you care about give us a call at 877-573-7825 Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it.
2: More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant.
1: Hopeful. Uh, Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior.
3: Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety.
1: Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen.
3: The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life.
1: Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, we're talking about anger on our show titled Losing It. Is anger a problem for you or someone in your life? Let us help. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573 7825.
2: Are you struggling with anger or angry people in your life? Maybe someone's getting under your skin and making it hard not to lash out at them. Maybe the anger you feel around a particular person, whether it's your spouse, one of your kids, a parent, or an extended family member, or a friend, causes you to say or do things you regret. Or maybe... You're tired of someone taking their anger out on you. Whatever the situation, let us help you find grace-filled ways to handle the anger you feel and the angry people you have to deal with.
1: 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're going to be unpacking throughout the program what are healthy ways to express anger versus unhealthy ways? Um, and, you know, there was a study recently um, published by the American Psychological Association that, that, that looked at the positive uses of anger. And this is actually, you might be surprised to know, um, something that Christians have taught for a very, very long time. You know, we, we often hear that um, anger is a sin, and of course wrath is a sin. That's different from regular anger. And we, as Christians, recognize that, that there is a godly purpose to anger, if it's, if it's expressed appropriately. And we're going to talk about what that means throughout the show. But more often than not, we experience anger as problematic, let's just say. Whether we are uh, the people who are kind of losing it, uh, and letting other people or situations get under our skin, and then causing us to do or say things that we might regret, or... If somebody's taking their anger out on us and we're really struggling to deal with that person in a healthy and holy way, it's challenging. And we want to help you manage both your own anger, the people that make you angry, or the angry people who are taking it out on you. Give us a call. Let's work together at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573 7825 every day on more to life we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of st john paul's theology of the body Uh, and for folks who aren't aware of what that is um, st john paul gave a series of reflections on how by prayerfully reflecting on god's creation we can begin to understand a lot about god's plan for living a more joyful abundant life and having healthier holier relationships You know, we have a tendency to have this complicated relationship with our emotions as Christians, especially anger. But the theology of the body reminds us that our body, which includes our emotions, because emotions begin as an embodied experience, were designed by God to work for our good and the good of others. Now, as I mentioned, you know, Christians often think that being angry itself is sinful, but that's not true. Whether our anger is sinful or not has a whole lot more to do with how we express it than the fact that we feel it. In fact, St. John Chrysostom, a doctor of the Church, once said, he who is not angry when he has good reason to be sins. Unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked but the good to do wrong. I don't know how many of you have heard that quote or even kind of heard that spin on the Christian understanding of anger. But it's, it's it's it catches a lot of people by surprise. Well, you know, reflecting on this kind of shows us that anger is meant to be a gift that calls our attention to an injustice and motivates us to act in proportionate, appropriate, and productive ways so that we can heal whatever that injustice might be. Now, if we can do that, then our anger is righteous and it's guided by the Holy Spirit. But by contrast, the sin of wrath is anger that leads to an inappropriate, disproportionate, or unproductive response. So being angry isn't a sin, but letting our anger cause us to pour gas on a fire is, right? So it can be difficult to respond to a perceived injustice in an appropriate, proportionate, and productive way all on our own. So in order for anger to fulfill its godly purpose, we've got to stop treating it as a call to arms, Right? Instead, we need to see anger as a call to prayer and discernment that allows us to determine the nature of the injustice that God is calling our attention to and identify the graceful response God wants us to make to it. So let's talk about that today on More to Life. Are you struggling with anger or angry people in your life? Maybe someone's getting under your skin and making it hard for you to not lash out at them. And, and maybe it surprises you. You know, it, it maybe it's one of your kids, whether they're a little or a teenager or an adult kid. Maybe it's your spouse. Could be a parent or extended family member or a friend. Really, anybody can provoke us at any time, uh, and we end up saying and doing things that we kind of regret later, but have a hard time controlling in the moment. Or maybe we're t- you're tired of of somebody taking out their anger on you, and you, you just don't know how to. Take down that emotional temperature. Get them to stop seeing you as the enemy. Um, stop reacting to you and blaming you like everything's your fault, even when they're stomping around and yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs. Whatever the situation is, we want to help you find grace-filled ways to, an- to handle the anger you feel and more gracefully manage the angry people that you have to deal with. Again, that number is 877 7825 again that's 877 573 7825
2: or perhaps you heard that you know quote that that Craig just spoke about from St John who was saying that unreasonable patience is a hotbed of many vices it fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked but the good to do wrong how many of us have been told that patience a docile attitude is the christian thing but we have a not completely informed idea of what that means and then by trying to always put that on as an almost an exterior garment we end up fostering feelings in ourselves of anger or depression or or a lot of things that aren't healthy for us but also We haven't done those corporal and spiritual works of mercy, of actually, you know, admonishing the sinner and counseling the people who need counseling in terms of their behavior is beneath them and beneath us. But we think we should just be passive about it while St. John Chrysostom is reminding us, no, that's not necessarily the holy way to go. We need to really discern that discern it well, and know what we should be doing when we're feeling that sense of anger.
1: So whatever the situation is, whether you are experiencing the anger and not sure how to handle it gracefully, or dealing with somebody else's anger and it's complicating your life in some way, we want to help you have a healthy and holy relationship with anger in all of its forms. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord and we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those situations where we have to deal with anger, whether our own or others. And Lord, your servant St. John Chrysostom reminds us that it isn't the fact that we are angry or that someone is angry that's the problem, it's the way we express it. So we ask you now to help us to have a healthy and holy relationship with anger. That when we're feeling angry, to not use that as a call to arms, but rather as a call to prayer. To bring that situation to you and ask you to help us to identify the problem, to identify possible solutions to the problem, to identify ways to respond to that problem that are appropriate, productive, and proportionate. And when others are angry at us, help us bring that to you and have your Holy Spirit lead us to those proportionate, appropriate, and productive responses. Help us, Lord, to avoid pouring gas on the fire, but instead being instruments of peace that address problems directly, work through those problems gracefully, and build your kingdom in all that we do. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the, in the name of the Father, Father the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great, pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Losing It, as we talk about the problem of anger. Again, you know, anger isn't a sin because we feel it. It becomes sinful if we express it in ways that are inappropriate, disproportionate, and 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 unproductive, excuse me, to the problem that we're facing. But it's sometimes difficult to know how to uh, express anger in a proportionate, appropriate, or productive way, or deal with somebody who is just sort of lashing out at us without regard for how it's affecting us, or really, for that matter, uh, affecting that. So give us a call. Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825.
2: Let's talk now with Helen, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania on Sirius XM 130.
1: Hi, Helen. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us?
4: Good morning. Um... I am I what a, we do currently doing... Can you hear me?
1: Yes, but what, what's your question? Can you
4: hear me? Okay. Um, I'm doing some deep work into um, myself through spiritual direction and therapy. And mm-hmm. my uh, one of the understandings I have of anger is that it's kind of rooted in frustration and impotence. And while a lot of people express that outwardly by lashing out at others, uh, another alternative that, to that is to turn that anger inwards. And that's where mm-hmm. the depression and anxiety come from. Um, sure. What, how can we address anger that's directed mm-hmm. inwards uh, in a, a better way? Because I know that, that, that my actions through depression my depression can have equally bad impacts on others in my relationships
1: mm-hmm okay well, I understand your question so um, it's it's the same in either case whether we direct our anger at other people or we direct our anger at ourselves um, the answer is the same it's 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 righteous anger if it leads to a proportionate, appropriate, and productive response to the problem. It's the sin of wrath if it leads to an inappropriate, disproportionate, or unproductive response. So when we get angry at ourselves, um, if if I say, you know, Greg, you really blew that, and you need to do better, and let's make a plan for making that right, and, and apologizing to that person, and... Um, you know, taking steps to heal the damage. You know, I, that anger that I'm directing at myself is appropriate and proportionate and productive. It's leading me to so, to make a plan for improving the situation. Okay, but if I'm just beating up on myself, ah, oh, Greg, you blew it again. What's wrong with you? How come you can't get anything right? Why do you keep screwing this up like this? That That's not productive, and it's not proportionate or appropriate, right? And so that's me expressing the sin of wrath toward myself. So the the key here, it's not, it's not a matter of, of you know, uh, anger, objectively, is rooted in seeing some kind of injustice. You know, either somebody or I did something that we shouldn't have or didn't do something we should. And so we feel some anger about that. And that's okay. It's okay to have that anger. The question is, how do we express that anger then in an appropriate and proportionate and productive way? So, Helen, when you get angry with yourself, you know, and you're talking, you're absolutely right when you say that that anger turned inward Um, At least in in an inappropriate disproportionate and productive way in an unproductive way leads to depression or anxiety because it makes us feel impotent it makes us feel powerless and stuck and then we just react to things the key here though is is uh, in every situation there's always something we can do you know that that sense of impotence uh, that sense of powerlessness in the face of our problems or our own failings is is a lie from from Satan it's a desolation as St. Ignatius of Loyola would put it um, that leads us away from God separates us from his grace and makes it harder for us to be the person god's calling us to be so in those situations what we really need to do is ask two questions first of all you know if i'm identifying something that i'm angry about that i've done or didn't do you know, what's one small step i could take right now to address that problem in a, in a better way what's one tiny thing i could do to make even a small difference in that situation to either you know, make amends, to make it right, to learn that skill, to do something that would make it even a teeny tiny bit better, right? Because it's all about efficacy. It's all about my ability to do something that begins to challenge that, that, that sense of powerlessness. If there's nothing I can see that I can do right now, then the second question I could ask myself is, what's one small thing I could do to help make myself feel better about that situation? So for example, maybe I need to talk to somebody. Maybe I need to pray about it. Maybe I need to reflect on God's mercy and His forgiveness for for all the things that, you know, all the times that I've messed things up in the past, and receive that experience of God's love or forgiveness. and And I need to sit in that and remind myself that even though I'm far from perfect, God still loves me, and He's placed good people in my life, or He's given me blessings to really show me that He loves me. the The point is, I whenever I'm instead of beating up on myself for having made that mistake or not done the thing I should have done. Um, I want to allow that anger that I feel to motivate me to make an appropriate, proportionate, and productive plan. So I either identify some tiny, small step that I could take to begin working through the thing that I'm mad at myself about, or if there's nothing immediately that I can do about it, then I, then I, then I say, well, what can I do to help myself feel a little bit better about this so that by taking down my emotional, attem- my, my emotional temperature and recharging my batteries a bit, I might have more mental bandwidth to think through what I could do about it as time goes by, or to even forgive myself if there isn't anything that can be done.
2: And, of course, while you're doing this great work, Helen, of working both spiritually and psychologically with people who can really help you through this, really let them know what you heard here today, that you want to focus on what those things are that you can do to make a difference. It's great to go back and kind of, you know, see what may have caused it, really look at, you know, what it's teaching you spiritually, but you will truly make more progress, even spiritually, if you're always tapped into what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do next, the next small step you can take, because when the Holy Spirit answers us that question, it always has something to do with helping us grow in the virtues that the Holy Spirit needs to strengthen us in so that we can be more like Christ. So really, you know, talking to the people that you're working with, the professionals that you're working with, and saying, I want to stay on track this way. We can do all the other exercises you're asking me to do, but can we please focus on what are the next steps that can happen here? So I can feel that sense of effectiveness and that sense of the Holy Spirit working in me.
1: Helen, thank you so much for your question. Really, really thoughtful question. I I appreciate it. It's a great way to kick off the show. And if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, You mentioned, you know, anxiety. I actually have a book, um, Unworried, Life Without Anxiety, which talks about many of the things I shared with you. Um, and, and how these desolations and the anger that we turn in toward ourselves can impact you know, our, our emotional well-being. Uh, I think that if you're looking for a way to follow up with the things that we've shared with you on air, um, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety would be a great book for you. Um, Even though, again, it focuses on anxiety anxiety per se, uh, as you mentioned, part of that comes from the anger that we feel about ourselves and the powerlessness that we experience in in the presence of that anger. How can we respond to that gracefully? That's a big part of learning how to overcome anxiety. So check it out, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety. It's available at CatholicCounselors.com or wherever books are sold. With that, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about losing it. Those times when anger is a problem, either for you or someone in your life, whether you're the person who kind of has a hard time keeping a lid on it and expressing your anger appropriately, um, or you're the person who's receiving somebody else's anger and you're kind of tired of being on the receiving end of all that. We are here to help you develop a gr- more graceful relationship with anger and the angry people in your life. Give us a call. The number is 877 7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to life will continue with your questions coming up right after the break. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit.
0: Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic Healthcare Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health sharing option. Curo's Christ-centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? and a Doctor of the Church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory the First, the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across Northern Europe, especially Saint Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more
5: about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Welcome back
2: to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Losing It, as we talk about anger. And, you know, this is, of course, the feast day of St. Nicholas, and uh, there is uh, a story. It's, it's not a true story, but it is. A, there's a story about how St. Nicholas punched out Arius and the Council of Nicaea uh, for the Arian heresy. And as uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's not true, but it certainly does point to the fact that even saints can get angry. <laughs> and if you are feeling angry or uh, dealing with somebody who has taken their anger out on you, we want to help you develop a more grace-filled relationship with anger. The number is 877 7825.
2: Let's talk now with Margaret, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania on the Stations of the
1: Cross. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you?
3: Good morning. Yesterday, I, um, I lost it with two boys. I work at an after-school program, and these two boys um, many times are unruly, but I, in the beginning, said to myself, I was not going to lose control. I'm going to take the higher road with children and for the most part I would talk to them I'd be able to get them and talk to them Um, sometimes hug them give a 20 second hug to calm their feelings down find out why they're acting out well yesterday there are two boys and they were on a timeout and the one adult said that they could get off because the one little boy was crying and immediately these these two boys seemed to click together. They went over to these other little boys that were playing well. They started um, kicking their, their cards and stepping on stuff. And I was yelling their names, and I said, stop, please stop, that, you know, stop. And um, they wouldn't stop. I would lift, raise my voice, and I started to go over to them. And as soon as I go over to them, they see me coming. They're off as fast as can be. And I was trying to grab them, couldn't grab them, couldn't get a hold of them. Um, there are so many other children there, and they just would not listen. And I was so frustrated, I yelled at the top of my lungs, which is so out of character. And I know that there were other parents picking up their children, and they finally looked at me after I raised my voice at the top of my lungs. And I said, please, do not do that. That is not your um, – those are not your toys. They were playing well. And – Um, I said, you know, you have to stop, and we were going in at that time. But I had Mm -hmm. to lose control before they would listen, and now this happens. They're always on, you know, sitting on the bench, but I just feel terrible that I raised my voice. I was so upset with myself. I went to the other adult, and I said, I'm so sorry that I lost control like that. Nobody even knew that I lost control. It's like there's chaos Mm -hmm. going on. But I felt bad in my heart that I, I yelled at these kids, and I went up to the kids, and I said, I hated to yell like that, and they're just looking at me, And but what could I have done differently?
1: Okay. Yeah, well, you know, it's a beautiful question. Um,
2: it is a lovely question, and I'll, I want to start with one thing, and then I just want to ask you to just hang with us over our break so we can really unpack what you can be doing differently to be effective. But I really feel what you're feeling in your heart, Margaret, and when I... When I got out of, when I was in college, I was an education major, and my very first student teacher supervisor gave me the best advice on my first day that I've ever gotten, and I've used it with my own children, I've used it with everything. She said, never yell, because once you do, you have nowhere else to go as a teacher. And so...
1: I think Margaret realizes yes, that, but the question but it's, is what it's, to do instead,
2: Exactly, right? which allowed me to then work with her and say, all right. If I'm never going to yell, and you're never going to yell again, what can you do differently to have effective classroom management skills, even in... An after-school program where kids are overwhelmed and exhausted.
1: This is our short segment, so I'm going to ask you to hang on over the break, marker because I do have a couple of follow-up questions for you, so please stick around, okay? Uh, And I'll ask you those questions, and then we'll offer some thoughts on what what you could do differently when this situation occurs again, because you know it's going to happen again. And we're taking your calls, listeners, about anger, whether it's your own anger or somebody taking their anger out on you. Let's talk about graceful ways to handle it. 877-573-7825. Back in a minute.
3: Connection with Teresa the church isn't saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. Throw out all the media. Don't use the media. What the Pope is saying is that make sure that what you are doing is enabling yourself and others to encounter Christ more deeply, and you can't do that unless you reach out. You have to reach out to God first. You have to encounter Him in the Eucharist in that personal relationship. And then you pray, you reflect, and then you go. In my book, Beyond Sunday, Becoming a 24-7 Catholic, I talk about the three M's of faith, meeting, mercy, and mission. You meet and encounter Christ. You enter into a personal relationship with him. He gives you mercy. And then what do you do? You just sit there and say, oh, thanks, Jesus. See you later. No, you go out on mission exactly as the woman at the well did.
6: Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio, Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern. On EWTN Radio. How does freedom affect our actions? According to the Catholic Catechism, freedom makes us responsible for every act that we have directly willed. Despite her efforts to place all the blame on the serpent, Eve was directly responsible for initiating and committing original sin. She knew God had forbidden her to eat from the tree of good and evil, yet she did it anyway. Cain deliberately killed his brother Abel. King David deliberately committed both adultery and murder. None of the three were ignorant of the gravity of their acts, and there were no mitigating circumstances that diminished their responsibility. However, David was particularly remorseful when confronted with his guilt. The Catechism tells us that the right to the exercise of freedom, especially in moral and religious matters, is an inalienable requirement for the dignity of the human person. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hi,
2: I'm Lisa Popcheck. Do you want to influence your adult kids? Make sure that the relationship you have is deep enough to contain the conversations you're trying to have. Sometimes a relationship, though pleasant, can be too small to comfortably fit the big questions we want to discuss. Trying to have deep conversations in a shallow relationship is like buying a couch that's twice as big as your living room. It might be a great couch, but trying to make it fit is going to be awkward at best. This is why it's so important to work harder on your relationship with your adult kids than on the things you want to say to them. The more you focus on building a deep and loving relationship with your adult kids, the more likely they'll be to accept you as a mentor. To learn more, check out our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, or visit CatholicCounselors.com.
1: Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak.
2: I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: And today's show is titled Losing It. And we talk about anger, either our own or times when others direct their anger at us. How do we handle anger gracefully? How do we express our anger appropriately? How do we deal with other people's anger in a way that enables us to diffuse situations and move through those situations instead of forcing us to become reactive in those situations? 877-573-7825. If you'd like better ways to handle your own anger or manage someone else's, let's talk it out. 877 573 seven eight two five before the break we were talking with margaret from pennsylvania listening on stations of the cross she was sharing that she works at a catholic after-school program and yesterday there were two kindergarten boys who were just causing all kinds of havoc uh they were being disruptive they were uh breaking some of their uh, other kids toys they were just you know causing problems and they weren't listening uh, so another adult who was a supervisor at the program put them in timeout but then let them back out and they started getting crazy again and Margaret tried to get their attention and they ran away from her and she ended up losing her cool and yelling at them both. And She feels badly about that, would like to know how to handle it differently. Margaret, are you still with us?
3: Yes, I am. Thank you.
1: Was that a fair summary of, of the situation? Perfect. Okay, uh, the, one, the first question I have to ask is this, does the after school program have any kind of behavior system in place? Like do they have the, you know kind of a, a, a system for managing where Where is it just you know everybody's just kind of doing their thing?
3: No, there is a system, and there is a young man that heads everything and he is so in control, these kids listen to him. When I say, "Do you want me to call, I'll call him Jason, and, and they say no, no, no. So there are protocols, um, but okay. yesterday was one of those... Yes, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no, no go, go ahead. Yesterday was one of those days where in what?
3: Um, there just wasn't enough adults per child ratio. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was it just these two boys. I, I mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll try to get them to play outside with a uh, a ball or have them off on their own. But what they were doing is they were going into areas where there were kids playing well together. Everything was calm, mm-hmm. and they just went in and like disrupting two it. Two thunderstorms and yeah. disrupted everything.
1: Sure. No, I get you. Well, all right. So, so I mean, I, I think it's important, you know, the reason I asked about the if there's a behavior system in place, I, I don't want to say anything that would, would go against that. And so I think, you know, it's important to make sure that you're talking with uh, the gentleman who's in charge of this and seeing what are the best ways to handle these situations should they come up within the system that the, the the after-school program has developed. That said, I can throw out some some general suggestions for how to manage this behavior in the future. I will say this, and I realize that, that I'm reading into the situation a bit. I might not have all the facts, um, but... But when, when children act this way, you know, they, they, we have a tendency to just sort of say, well, it's the kid. You know, the kid is out of control. The kid, When kids act this way, it's usually a sign that they um, don't get a lot of structure or positive attention at home. And this behavior um, is a way of, it's called emerging behavior. When, when I act out, it forces the grown-ups around me to come and pay attention to me. Uh, and, and so the more negative attention they get, the more it actually rewards the behavior. Uh, and so I want you to know that going in because the best way to kind of set this situation up is to start the, the day with them. Like, don't just let them kind of run around call them and, and then go give them attention when they mess up. Call them over to you at the start of the after school program and say, hey, guys, I want us to have a successful time today so let 's talk about some things that you can do. what might you what would you like to play let 's um, and and you know you, you really sort of give them that positive attention up front and help them think through positive ways to engage with their peers or positive games to play. You might even set them up with something like you said sometimes you, you would set them up and have them play separately with a ball or whatever, and those situations go better and they go better because of the positive attention they 've gotten up front to help them figure out how to navigate this loud, noisy place. Kids without a lot of structure or a lot of positive attention, attention at home especially, they tend to um, spin out the more noise that's around them. And so they really need grown-ups' help to help them self-regulate enough and think through, how am I going to interact with this environment in a positive and healthy way? So you want to start... By by collect what's called collecting, where you just kind of give them a little bit of affection and say, "Oh, I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so glad that that we, we you know, that, that uh, I get to see you today. Let's talk about some ways to have a successful time today and really play well."
2: And to even ask them in that moment, "Hey, what do you need today? You know, you, you've had a long day at school. What do you need? Do you need?" And then list like three or four of the things that are available for them you know do you need to just be able to sit and and look at some books for a little while i know they can't completely read yet but if you have books there you know do you need to be outside with a ball do you need fill it let them each fill it in because then they're thinking of what they need in order to have a more peaceful, successful time, what do you need to help you feel good this and they're, afternoon? And, of course,
1: they're kindergartners, so they're not going to be able to have well-developed answers to that question. So you might want to ask them more directly, was today a good day or a hard day? You know was it a fun day or a, or a difficult day and then you have certain suggestions like for difficult days you have suggestions for quieter activities that they could do well you know what i'm sorry it was such a difficult day let's let's have some reading time together sit with me and i'll read you a story or let's have some time doing this quieter activity, the coloring activity or this oh it was a fun day great well let's 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 hear some things that you could do that would be more structured and fun all right so you start with that um you mentioned that somebody put them in timeout, but then let them out because one of them was crying yeah. that's that's horrible uh, so look when we use timeouts uh timeouts you don't put a kid in a timeout and then just let them out when when the time is up um you a timeout is meant to be a place where you get the kid to be calm enough where they can be taught what to do differently, so at the end of that time what's in order to get out of timeout, a kid needs to number one be able to tell you what they did wrong. Number two, give you a sincere apology for what they did. Number three, either tell you or work with you to figure out what they could have done differently, how they could have managed that situation better. And then number four, role play it. Actually practice doing the healthy thing, the, the, the more appropriate thing instead. When a kid's ready to do those four things, then they're ready to come out. But most often what happens is that parents and uh, educators or, or, or caretakers We'll, we'll say, okay, well, you did your time, now you can get out. And the kid hasn't learned anything. They haven't actually calmed down. They're just as crazy as they were when you put them in timeout. And then, and then we were like, well, why are they being so off, off the charts? Because we didn't do anything. To actually help them learn how to manage that situation better so
2: to re-regulate and actually get new skills
1: you might want to share that information with the rest of the team about how to handle timeouts more effectively because the way that you described it was being done is completely useless in fact it's it's destructive uh, it actually rewards the bad behavior um if those things aren't working and they are actually misbehaving that's when you know you want to you want to collect them again what I mean, and, and let them run away all right if they if, if you chase after them and they run away from you that's okay let them go they're, they they you've stopped the immediate problem right they're they're not uh being destructive anymore they've run away keep an eye on them just stand there be still and watch them you know give them the look right and and when they realize they're not going to be chased then they'll start coming back to you the the reason i again this this behavior this this running away thing that's why i started this by saying these are kids who don't have a lot of structure or attention at home because they've figured out unhealthy negative ways to get grown-ups attention And getting you to chase after them or getting you to yell at them is is how they've learned to get that grown-up attention. So if you don't chase them and you just sort of stare at them, give them a few minutes. Eventually, they'll come a little bit closer, and then you, you go to them and say, okay, guys, you seem like you're having a really hard time, and I'm really sorry you're having a hard time playing well with everybody else. Let's figure out something we can do together that would help us have a good time here and then you do an activity with them and i realize that there are lots of other kids there and they're you know but but that's still it's still better for you to 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 get that time with them and show them healthy and appropriate ways to spend that time otherwise they're just going to cause havoc the rest of the time anyway
2: and you can even say you're having you know quiet reading time with them You can say in a very quiet voice, okay, anybody else who needs some quiet time right now and wants to hear this book, if you come and sit quietly in our circle, you can be part of it, but make sure those two boys are sitting closest to you because you are then reinforcing, if you are calm, you can be closer to me and get the attention you need. So it's not that you just all of a sudden have to be you know the one to two ratio adult in a room that doesn't have enough adults you're restructuring that I would seriously talk to this man who's got it all together and ask him to kind of have a staff meeting I don't know if you're all volunteers or you're all staff but to have a meeting and come up with structure to the after school program too many after school programs are just there to keep kids alive until their parents can pick them up But if you have, you know, different centers where they can play together, they can be read to, they can be outside with supervision, these things, but not just assign kids to it, really asking them that day, hey, how was your day? what do you need to feel good yeah. while so you're you have here? a
1: story circle and you have a coloring table and then you have a, a you know a, you have a thing where you there's an actual game that's being monitored that they yeah. participate in when you have sort of lord of the flies free for all after school care oh it, my gosh
2: it's chaos for yeah. all the adults and it's, <laughs> it's a horror the, show for the like, kids and then you hand them off to their parents and their parents get a dysregulated kid and the whole thing is just a vicious circle of
1: unhappiness so you know th- there there are some things to discuss but i hope that th- that these suggestions will help you have a more successful experience the future um, and also something to share with the rest of the team in fact if you'd like you can download the podcast today uh, and share um, our response with uh, anybody else who would be interested who works in the after-school program I get some good tips there
2: but I want to say before we let you go Kathy thank you for doing that work there are so many 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 households right now where both parents desperately have to be working And they need a safe, healthy, and yes, in your case, holier place for their children to be safe while they are having to work. It is a ministry what you're doing, and I really am grateful that you're providing that for the children that you're caring for.
1: Thank you, Margaret. God bless. We are taking your calls today about anger on More to Life. The show is titled Losing It. And whether you are struggling with your own reactions to someone or a situation and it's causing you to lash out say or do things that you regret, or you are the person who's on the receiving end of somebody else's anger and you're not sure how to manage it, we are here for you. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573 7825. Before I forget, I want to make sure that I'm giving our congratulations to another member of the EWTN Radio family. St. Jude Catholic Church in Mansfield, Texas, is celebrating nine years with EWTN Radio. Congratulations to Joel Rodriguez and everyone at KYRE in mansfield texas from your friends at ewtn radio and folks wherever you're tuning in to ewtn radio make sure that you are supporting your local ewtn radio station so that we can keep supporting you encouraging you and helping you have the resources that you need to live a more faithful and abundant life keep uh, your local station in your prayers and please support them with your dollars as well well as we head out to our break it's time for our scripture of the day which comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry, but do not sin. Well, there you go. St. Paul kind of backing up what we were sharing earlier from St. John Chrysostom. Being angry isn't the problem. It's the way we express the anger. And in fact, again, as St. John Chrysostom said, sometimes if we have a cause to be angry and we're not, that could be sinful too because it leads us to do nothing when something when we should be doing something that's proportionate and appropriate and productive. Here St. Paul is reminding us in Ephesians that it's okay to be angry in the face of an injustice, to be angry about a problem, to be angry about something that we either did or didn't do but should have. But we need to bring that anger to God and ask him to teach us how to respond to that anger in appropriate, proportionate, and productive ways so that we can Heal the injustice.
2: That is the biggest thing: bringing it to God, getting good counsel as well on what you should do with that anger. You know, all over Scripture we see these very odd scenarios of anger, and sometimes they're the right thing, and sometimes they're surprisingly not. So you see, even Jesus knocking over the tables and you know using a whip against the money changers in the temple, his righteous, his anger was righteous. But then you see Peter, when they're coming to take Jesus away, pulling out a sword, cutting off the ear of of the, you know, soldier, And Jesus is like, no, no, get behind me, Satan. Now, if I were there and I wanted to defend Jesus, that would probably seem like a righteous thing to do. But there's Jesus saying, no, 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 that's not the right thing to do in this circumstance. Nobody asked Jesus what they should do in this circumstance. So the point is take it to prayer talk to the lord get good counsel as well when you're dealing with anger in your life so that your anger serves god the other person and yes even you in a way that's holy and effective
1: 8775737825 again that's 877 877- 573 we're taking up questions about your anger and other people's anger and how to manage it all gracefully stick around for your questions coming up on more to life hi i'm al cresta
5: do you remember writing your christmas wish list as a child in developing countries like haiti and guatemala children don't make christmas lists and they don't expect christmas gifts all their parents earn must go to food shelter and water can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy.
0: Give today at boxofjoy.org. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish. And we met just an incredible pastor we learned things that we had never been taught wouldn't be the person that i am without the church and without the sacraments particularly the eucharist i can't live without it if you've been away from the catholic church visit catholicscomehome.org hello steve ray here
5: everything in the bible and in the catholic church starts with a book of genesis it reveals to us god's plan for mankind Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out.
2: Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body?
1: Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life
2: on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled Losing It. As we talk about anger, either our own anger that causes us to lash out and do or say things that we regret, or the anger of other people that's directed at us and we're just tired of dealing with it. If you are struggling with anger or angry people, let us help. 877-573-7825. Or, of course, if you'd like to send your questions because you're listening via podcast, you can always email your questions to us to questions at more to life radio.com. that's with the number two questions at more to life at radio dot yeah. more to life com. sorry say that
2: one more time
1: yeah maybe i should yeah questions at more to life radio.com. there sorry. we go right. with that let's go ahead to the next caller let's please.
2: do that let's talk <laughs> now with kathy who's listening to ewtn radio in ohio on saint gabriel radio hi
1: kathy welcome to more to life what's going on
7: hi thank you for taking my call sure um, I What's had a situation up? last night. I had a situation last night with my mom that I'm just really not proud of uh, how I acted. Um, she was telling me upon her death she's going to be giving my um, sibling her house um, and not dividing it between him and myself. Um, and I was just I lashed out and I'm not proud of it because this is a pattern of behavior. He's made lots of poor choices, and she's enabled him um, the majority of his life and, you know, issues with lots of substance and that type of thing, and it just it just struck me wrong. I felt a huge injustice um, that my feelings aren't being heard, that I've been kind of slighted and I don't like that about myself. Um, and I, I, it's ultimately her decision, and I, I respect that. But it just, it kind of hurt me. Um, I am meeting with her today at one thirty to just kind of.
1: What was the most hurtful about thing about it. it? Was it, was it that you were? Was it, was it that she is, quote unquote, helping your brother in a way that's not particularly helpful, and just you know continues to enable his bad behavior? Uh, was it? Or was it more that 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 she is not acknowledging um, the good that you have, are doing for her, or the you know, the choices that you're making? What what is the hardest part of this for you?
7: Both. both, it's both of those that she's enabled bad behavior, and that my hard work and dedication and perseverance is just pushed aside. Um, I just feel like I'm not heard. I feel like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and I'm not the squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, her time and attention. I'm 51 years old. This is pretty ridiculous, but her time and attention.
1: It's not. Most no, like, it's not. It's it's not. I mean, do you, um, let me just ask you this, do, and I'll explain why it's not in just a second. But do you have other people in your life who 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 love you and who really see you and can affirm the good that you do? Yes. My husband, yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, good. I'm glad for that. So here's the thing: it's not silly because we 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 never stop wanting our parents' approval and the, and our and our parents' love, and we never stop wanting our parents to acknowledge the good that we've done. On top of that, the fact that the fact is your mom is behaving in a way that's that's unhelpful to her, to her other her her son and and your brother, you know, right? And and you can see that what she's doing is actually destructive. You know, when there's a there's unfortunately a lot of people think that, you know, um, I should just give indiscriminately to another person.
2: As long as I'm generous to someone, they will just fall into that in a grace filled way and straighten themselves out.
1: Um, But, you know, St. John Paul talks about love and responsibility. In other words, we have to love in a way that actually works for the good of another person. And sometimes that means being generous, and other times that means setting boundaries. And your mom doesn't know the difference. And, you know, I don't really know her history at all, of course, but it's clear to me that, that your mom has learned that um, if a person is struggling, then they're the person who should get all the help and all the ge- attention and all the generosity. And if a person's doing well, then they're fine. They, they, they just leave them alone. Um, and and that's what you're dealing with. You know, it's it's not that your mom can't recognize that you're doing well. It's that she doesn't know how to acknowledge that right and and so that part of her that can give appropriate affirmation to a healthy child who is doing good choices making good choices she doesn't know how to do it it's not about you and it's easy to think that it is. It's easy to think, you know, th- th- what is it going to take for me to get my mom to recognize that, that I, I'm the I'm the good kid? You know, I'm, I'm the one who's living a healthy life and making good choices and working hard to, try to take care of her and, and not make her life more difficult. What's it going to take? And you can feel silly and guilty for that, but you don't have to because we all want that acknowledgement from our parents. Um, that said, you're probably never going to get it. Uh, and I know that that's hard to hear, but it's true. It's not because you're not good enough. It's not because you're not lovable enough. It's not because you you haven't made enough of the right choices. It's because your mom doesn't has a, has a wounded sense of what it means to be loving. And she doesn't know how to affirm good choices. She only knows how to swoop in and try to clean up the messes of people who are making a mess of their life. That's what she learned love is. And it's a very unhealthy approach to love. She learned it before you came on the scene. And there's nothing you can do to change it. The the reason I asked, do you have people in your life who really see you for who you are and can affirm the goodness that you've done and, and and, and, and what a good person and lovable person you are, is because I want you to lean into that relationship and focus on that being the place where you're going to get that love and that affirmation. And also in your relationship with God, recognizing that he sees you and he knows you for who you are and the good that you've done. When you talk with your mom, I think it's okay to be honest with her and say, look, mom, I'm sorry for the way I reacted, but it comes from two places. First, it comes from the fact that you believing that, that this is, you, you, the giving uh, my brother the house is going to help him is not going to help him. The, every time you try to help him, you just give him more ways to hurt himself. And it makes me angry and it makes me sad that you can't see that the things you do to try to help end up destroying him even more. And that breaks my heart. Secondly, it really hurts me that you can't acknowledge the good that I do and affirm me for the good that I do. And that really breaks my heart, too. And I would love for you to get some help for that, because it's it's not helping your relationship with me, and it's actually being destructive to your relationship with your son. And I would love to help you get help with that if you'd be willing to. That's what you can share with her, but in terms of the long-term impact for you, you need to realize that this is a situation that was broken long before you came on the scene, uh, and your mom doesn't have a healthy sense of what it means to love somebody. And that, that you want to lean into the healthy relationships that you have so that you can get that, including your relationship with God. Kathy, I, I wish I could give you more, uh, but we're at the end of our time. If there's more we can do to support you through this, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. And it goes for you listeners as well. If you are struggling with your own anger or being on the receiving end of an angry person, we are here to help. Learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice where you can find healthy, faithful ways to deal with marriage, family, and personal struggles.
3: To more to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN
2: Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of
3: this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.